I'm Paul, and this is Arcanex Sessions. Welcome to the sixth and final installment of our six-episode series with uh, featuring conversations with the community, uh, where we talk to architects and designers about what they have been experiencing and going through since the world kind of uh, went upside down in March, talking about uh, working from home, effects from the economy and the job market, all that stuff. So we're going to we're going to start off with our conversation uh that that Ken had with Ilya Borum, who uh he's a SciArc grad from almost 10 years ago. He spent time working in Hong Kong and Shanghai and he's currently working for a developer in uh, Coachella Valley. So let's listen to Ilya. So my name is Ilya Borum. English is not my first language. Uh, it's actually my third. So I speak French uh, as my second language. Grew up in Canada. I'm Russian originally. I'm an architect. I worked in Asia for quite a while, for like five, six years, Hong Kong and, and China. And then last year, took my family and we moved uh, to California. And so I took up a job here with a developer. And so he's kind of, he's a wealthy individual. Um, he... Uh, has multiple businesses, and so he's he's um, restaurants, um, gas stations, uh, and then he just last year started moving to building larger commercial centers. So he was he was looking to build like a, a team of uh, all the professionals. Like we have a civil engineer, we have a surveyor. All we're missing is a structural engineer on the team. So it's quite it was quite a large team, and the day is great. So we. You know, I started last November. It was uh, things were looking great, and um, you know, even I don't really write a journal, but uh, sometimes sometimes I do. So, you know, around March twenty fifth, I made an entry about you know my experience because um, that was like the tipping point in our office, and I I'm not sure which day was it. Maybe. Uh, a Monday or something when I wrote this down, but a Friday prior to that, um, that's when you know things change. So it's somewhere around 25th of March, and um, you know it was a typical Friday, but it was a payday, so it wasn't it was uh, it was okay. You know, people were happy, more or less, but stressed because things were starting to get shut down. The schools were shut down, and and um, parents are under stress. I'm not sure what to do because the boss would still require everyone to commit. So we're still coming to the office and even now. So just we'll get masks. But uh, prior to the you know that Friday, I was already wearing masks for like two weeks. Because I, I obviously I was in, in China and then for me it wasn't a big deal to wear a mask. So that Friday, you know, it was a little bit tense. I wasn't sure what's going on, but it was a bit tense and felt felt tense, like I was stressed. So I went to lunch, came back and I didn't. I noticed a new guy that just started was leaving in his car, and he usually doesn't go for lunch anymore. So I didn't, didn't take much notice of that. And walked into an office, uh, another drafter was missing. So I was like, well, okay, maybe he's at lunch or something. And then um, a guy I just recommended for a drafting position who started maybe two months before, his phone rang, and he walked away, came back, and I see him packing his things. But, uh, office manager and I was like hmm, that's not good he wasn't allowed to talk to anyone he just kind of picked up his stuff and uh, he's an older guy he's a, 
he, uh, it's obviously right now hard for anyone to find a job, but for older people, it's double. Uh, he's over 60. So anyway, um, so yeah, he, he left. And then, and this is, this is a point where everyone was already, you know, supposed to be social distancing and all that. So now I'm wearing my mask and then another person, you know, from another department kind of gets called in and starts packing. And I'm like, this is crazy. So around like 3.30 in the afternoon, they call everyone in into you know, our conference room, maybe about 15 people, including the owner's family, the boss's family, his kids. His kids are teenagers. So everyone gets called in. We sit down. You know, he has a prepared speech. He reads it out, says, you know, tough times. Everyone who's in this room stays. So, you know, it was at the same time a sign of relief because we were so, I mean, I asked guys later, everyone was knew what's going on. Everyone was like, you know, I, I can't, um, what would be a comparison? Like sitting backs, basically. We're, we're getting picked off by a hunter, you know? <laughs> we were like waiting for our turn. Yeah. And so it was quite difficult. Uh, and then even coming back on Monday, Tuesday, the following week, it was just, it was very difficult. And, and me and my wife and I are, were, were actually going through, uh, at the time, we we're going through the purchase of a house. So we were like uh, in escrow, which we canceled subsequently. But yeah, it was, it was, I was just counting days. And every day that I was there, I was like, okay, another another day, another dollar. So, yeah, and, and you know, living here out in the desert, we're in Coachella area, Coachella Valley. Um, there's not too much work to begin with, generally. And when things shut, shut down, it's, uh, it's, yeah, I keep in touch with some of these guys and nobody can find jobs and uh, sitting at home. Wow. Yeah, that, that experience sounds very familiar to the one I, I recall in uh, 2000 and 2008. Yeah. Um, you just, you kept waiting. And then finally they call like a group of like 30 of us into a room and they say, yeah, today uh, we're, we're having to let you all go. So they did it. Um, <laughs> we were fortunate in that there was, there was a bunch of us all together. But yeah, I, yeah, hearing you talk about that experience, it certainly does bring back a lot of like um, horrible, <laughs> horrible memories of that experience. Yeah, yeah, I was I was in masters at that time, so I, I, I could just imagine. But I, I worked in Gensler when I was in China. Yeah, uh, a large, large company, and I met one of those guys who got laid off. He was still angry at Gensler <laughs> because they took him <laughs> back in a couple of years later. They call yeah. him boomerang, boomerangs now. Yep. So he took him back, but he's still holding the grudge again. <laughs> yeah, that was, you know, I, I'm a practitioner myself here in the Twin Cities, and uh, I'm working remotely. Is that, uh, but and you're saying that your office isn't working remotely? No, no, we still, they gave us masks. Uh, we gave everyone masks last couple of weeks ago, maybe, yeah, or a week ago. So, I mean, I had a mask since. Because I basically will live with my mom. Okay. Or my mom lives with us. So she's older and she we want to make sure she's protected. So yeah. she was like, you should quit your job. We separated her. So she has her private entrance in the house and she has yeah. her own fridge and you know, all that kind of stuff. So she's, she's sort of safe. 
so I understand you're a SciArc grad. Yeah. Have you been able to keep uh, touch with um, any of the, the your former classmates? Yeah, I mean, some of them in academia, so they're they're doing okay. Um, a friend of mine, a classmate of mine, is he's a I don't know what, what do you call it, like um like a contractor, I guess. He's a licensed architect, but he works as a contractor to the LA USD. Okay. So he's, but he's not employed by them. So he's employed by a different company. So that company just moved them out here from from desert. Wow. Um, so she's she's obviously doing okay. The rest, uh, yeah. I had my another friend of mine was kind of homeless, but by choice, I think more more than uh, former sire as well. Okay. But he he got when when things started, you know, shutting down, and he was like, okay, I gotta rent something. So he he rented a place, and so he's not kind of staying staying put. But yeah, you know, before he was just living in the van. You know, other other professionals I've talked to today and, and yesterday obviously aren't in the similar circumstances as you. I mean, but they're all working remotely. But I'll still ask you the same same type of question. I mean, what what's been your biggest takeaway these past few weeks that you either learned that you don't want to do as a professional or you do want to like something insight that you've gained in this experience that you want to carry forward? Well, I think the biggest thing for me is is to be more self sufficient in terms of employment. Yeah. So I'm not you know being being like I'm licensed, so I should be able to um, find my own work. Yeah. And so my takeaway is just, you know, I don't want to be that sitting duck anymore. I don't want to be picked off. And I think, you know, I think a lot of architects aspire to, you know, have open their own practice and just work for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So my my takeaway is to minimize the expenses to not to have like a huge mortgage and you know and living in asia kind of teaches you to save you know we noticed that when we came back we saved a little bit more money we try not to like when we bought a car when we came back we didn't want to finance it like that and that was a year ago we just like we just buy a used car i don't want to be stuck with payments yeah so a lot of people i can imagine like you have payments for this and that and mortgages and insurances and and if, if you know, if you lose your job, I mean, I can't imagine what you do. It, it must have been, it must be super stressful for those people. Yeah, yeah. Just from my 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 point of view is, is try to work, be able to work on your own. And I think a lot of professions do that. My, my previous houses where I worked was, was totally. We never had an office space in Hong Kong, and we worked on like large projects. We were um, like uh, consulting on. on Complex geometries, yeah. facades, and, and all kinds of. So we worked with uh, Frank Gehry's projects. We worked on like Hersa uh, de Meron, you know, all kinds of interesting projects. But all we we had laptops. Uh, we could work from home. Uh, we used Dropbox. You know, those it, we were super mobile. So, we were, and I think that this office does not understand that everybody has desktops, and like. A month ago, I told my boss, like, well, we don't have laptops. We just let people take desktops home and, you know, at least we're safe. Unfortunately, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of, I was really pushing my office to uh, work remotely because I, I just kept feeling like every day I was going to the work, I was putting myself at risk. I mean, right, I, yeah. most engineers, because I, I, I work on, on some projects and most engineer offices are remote. Like I'll be working from home. Um, 
yeah. most cities are from home. Like I think you know, we're the only ones who are still holding the fort. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you had the opportunity to? Uh, I mean, what if do you have you think? Do you think about what kind of projects you want to do on your own? Is it more kind of? I mean, your, your experience is pretty broad in terms of you know being working with a developer. That's kind of that is. I find that I do find that attractive, um, and that's kind of one of the things I've been thinking about. Yeah, I mean, money is good. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Uh, I mean, Gensler was always pushing people to stay late. You know, was in the. But they also provided dinner and dinner money, so you can if you stay up up until seven in the office, you you can expend expensive, expensive dinner. But if you have a family and kids, you know, like whatever, I don't want that dinner. <laughs> I don't want that five bucks a game. Yeah. So one other question I've been asking everybody because it kind of helps me understand and helps me kind of cope as well is uh, how has this experience been? Um, mentally, um, emotionally, very stressful. So I, I, I mean, I'm sorry, I didn't answer your previous question. I was uh, in the desert here. Most of the projects are residential, so homes. I, I mean, I'm interested in doing some homes, but uh, yeah, commercial commercial projects are okay. But for stress, I I exercise every day. I either run, like running with a mask is a pain, but I still do it and I pull it down when, when, I, when there's no people around. But um, yeah, I would just, I work out every day and that helps with stress tremendously. Otherwise, it's just, uh, you know, CBD oil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah. Well, Ilya, it's a pleasure talking with you and, and um, thank you so much for uh, taking the call today and taking some time yeah. out of your day to speak with me. No worries. Best of luck Take to you. Take care. You too. Stay, stay safe. Okay. You too. Ilya was great because <laughs> he's a SciArt grad and uh, he's doing working for a developer. And uh, the story is just, it's, ama- it's just it's wild. That story talking about hearing him coming back from lunch and seeing people that normally don't take lunch or leaving. People are getting up and going, walking into an office and coming back out and packing their stuff and not saying anything. It's just this <laughs> like, that is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> it was. And- it was harrowing. Oh it was absolutely harrowing to listen to. Oh my god! That happened in yeah, two thousand and. Yeah. I remember that in two thousand and eight. I remember that that yeah. same exact thing happening, and it's just yeah. I remember I got the when I was at this at this firm. Um, it was uh, a week after Obama got elected, and sitting at my desk working on something, and I got a a call on my phone, and I, you could tell by the ring it was an internal call, and um, I got the call, and I said, okay. Okay, hung the phone up, turned to the person next to me and said, it was great working with you. Oh, God. <laughs> and he goes, what? I go, I just got the call to come to the conference room. I said, a bunch of us are getting fired. Oh. He goes, what? And I go, yeah. Like, and he, I didn't, nobody said that on the phone. It was just like, hey, can tell. you come to the conference room for a meeting? And I just, yeah. I mean, that that's how, like, that's how, like, it was in the air. I mean, it was in the air. You didn't even, you know, everybody was like looking around and going and then, you know. So hearing that experience again is quite triggering. It was. We should probably I, put a was, trigger warning at the beginning of this one. We Paul. might, yeah, maybe we should have. Oh, I mean, Ilya's had a really interesting career, and uh, it was what I was really interested mm-hmm. in to, to, was, or what I really picked up on was that he said that having worked in China, 
he was wearing a mask to the office two weeks before anyone else was because he, you know, he sort of was accustomed or knew that that was a way to deal with. He heard what was going on in China and decided, yeah, it's probably smarter to just go ahead and wear a mask. So yeah, I, that was a really interesting conversation and getting his viewpoint on things was uh, was really worthwhile. I think you said, Paul, people have been giving good feedback about this. I just think people like hearing about what other people are doing in their jobs and their careers and how they're managing day to day. It just gives us all a feeling of connection, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's nice to just hear about, you know, regular fellow architects rather than just the, uh, you know, the celebrities in the industry or the ones, <laughs> the ones that are, uh, that, that everyone's striving to, to be. Yeah. Yeah. It can be very therapeutic. You know, I think, uh, not, not all architects have that opportunity to talk with fellow architects in a, in a, uh, open way about what, especially architects outside of their, their circle. All right. Well, let's move on to our next conversation. Uh, this is with Lauren Harris. She is a BIM manager. Uh, she's also uh, very, very heavily involved in her local AIA chapter and in uh, uh, women's architecture groups. She's based in Philadelphia. So let's listen to uh, our conversation with Lauren Harris. My name is Lauren Harris. I'm the BIM manager for a company in Philadelphia. Prior to the pandemic, I was in the office five days a week. And after the pandemic, obviously everyone's working remotely from home. So it's been a real challenge trying to figure out just how to, you know, assist people and train people and really be there for people when they're experiencing challenges when now you are 100% um, working remotely. My company itself has had some challenges because they do a lot of commercial fit-outs. Um, so with buildings not being open, our work has significantly slowed down. So that means like there's been a lot of changes um, in that aspect. So financially, everyone has taken a 20% cut in work, which also means a 20% cut in salary, which I don't believe is going to be the end of it but we're all still employed. They haven't let anyone go yet, which we're all certainly thankful for. I would say that I was not in architecture during the 2008, I guess we'll call it mini recession. I would call I it had great gone... recession. <laughs> yeah. It was a pretty um, big one. So, yeah. Yeah. So I had gone back to school. So I luckily was not part of that, but I do feel that when everyone tells their story, about economic downturns, it's always using the 2008 economic downturn as their frame of reference. And I really felt that people kind of felt victimized by that. So I think now during this economic crisis, um, people are really trying much harder to you know, grab the bull by the horns and turn this into an opportunity rather than, you know, just being victimized by it. So like now you see people, one of the other, I hold a lot of AIA positions. I'm the head of women in architecture in New Jersey. I'm also the National Associates Council for New Jersey. So I hold a lot of AIA positions. So that puts me in a lot of rooms. And now I've seen people especially associates. So like, you know what, now's the perfect time for me to get the ARE because I'm, I can spend the time that I would have spent commuting studying, or I can spend the time that I'm being laid off or, you know, I'm only working 
24 hours a week and not 40, I'm going to spend the time, you know, getting that lead exam test or getting that last, you know, ARE test or like they're really, really still using this as an opportunity and they're embracing the fact that all of, you know, the testing companies are offering a lot of free services for a month or two, like, like ArchiPrep and like, Mike Rasiga has his Young Architect Conference has moved online. So if you transfer your in-person registration to 2021, you're going to get that webinar this summer for free. Like, so a lot of people are giving away like these services and people are really taking advantage of it. So instead of that depression and instead of that, like, just what was me attitude that people had expressed that they felt during 2008. I really feel like this time they're like, well, screw it. I'm going to, I'm going to take this time to make myself a better person so that when I come out of it, I come out of it in a better financial position for myself. And I think that's a fantastic like shift in attitude as a, like at all of us are doing, right? Not just one or two people, but as a collective society of people, young architects, I'll say. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's so hard to see the opportunities that we're given with this kind of, you know, such a such a crazy crisis that we're going through. But but that's really that's really great to hear that people are taking advantage of those opportunities to to do something that will that will progress their their career. What is the general feeling that you're that you're getting from your colleagues, coworkers? Is there a lot of anxiety? Is are people feeling like like things will return back to normal relatively soon without too much changed with their careers or what's the general sense you're getting? So the general sense I'm getting through my relationship with the AIA is that they're thinking that things will not return to normal until well into 2021. The AIA in 2008 experienced a 10% drop in membership. So they're already planning um, for a 10% drop in membership again. So that means like paring down what services we offer, like, maybe we don't do this conference this year. So like people are really like prepared for a year of a fine, like a, a real financial hit as far as that's concerned. I would say as far as my work is concerned, they've already prepped us for, this is like a long road, especially because, you know, they applied for the stimulus package to make sure that we're all employed on day one that it was available and still haven't heard back. And I think that's the same situation for a lot of people. I mean, we're grateful that they're being very transparent with us. Most employers probably wouldn't be, but that just means that this is going to get worse before it gets better. And I think people really understand that. Well, thank you so much. That was, that was really, really great insight that, that, uh, that you shared from both your, your work and through the communities in the AA that you work with. And stay stay healthy, stay safe, and, and best of luck going forward. Thank you. You too. I appreciate it. Thank you. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like we've had a lot of representation from Philadelphia on these interviews. And do we just, is Arconnect popular in Philly? <laughs> do they just love us there? I mean, maybe. Well, Carl's, I'm, from, uh, Carl's from Philly as well. And I think there was another one before that, right? I think I think you might be right. Yeah, I feel like we've got, maybe they just love us in Philly. I have to say, in terms of Lauren and her involvement in the AIA, kudos to her. Because my, I've said this many times, but my experience with the AIA in Philadelphia was that it's such a big city. There's so many people that it's very hard to sort of get, make a stake in the AIA and get, get, get work that's meaningful on committees and whatnot. So good for her to, out there doing that in addition to run, you know, having a job. 
when I moved to Indiana, it was like, oh, you want to help with the AIA? Great. Come in. We'd love to having you here. Come do stuff. Do whatever you want. <laughs> but in Philly, it's just, you know, it's a bigger pool. So, yeah. So good for her that she's uh, able to be involved in that. Yeah. I mean, it's great. It's great to talk with people that are dedicating their time to becoming involved in, in the community groups and just pushing, pushing the industry forward rather than, you know, just focusing on their own careers. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on to our next conversation. This uh, this next conversation is with a another female architect. Her name is Dawn Zuber. She's based right outside of Detroit. Has her own practice. And yeah. So let's listen to that conversation now. My name is Dawn Zuber. I own Studio Z Architecture in Plymouth, Michigan. Plymouth is that near uh, Detroit? That is, and it's a kind of a little suburb of Detroit. It's between Detroit and Ann Arbor. Okay. And what kind yeah. of what kind of work do you specialize in? We specialize in residential remodeling and custom homes. We do mostly remodeling, though, and we we do architecture and interior design services. What is the what's what's the size of the practice? There are two of us. Two it's of you. Huge. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Has it has it always been the two of you? No, uh, for many years. I, so Studio Z, I've been in business for, let's see, 22 years almost. And for much of that time, I think for at least the first 18 years, I worked from home by myself. I would have occasional 1099 employees or 1099 consultants help with work, but mainly it was a, the one-person business. And the second person, is that a, an employee or is it a partner? It is an employee. And uh-huh. she started with me just almost exactly three years ago. So, what what have you? What kind of changes have you seen since, I guess, uh, early to mid March? Well, first of all, we're working from home. Um, we, you know, here in Michigan, the governor instituted a stay home, stay safe order, and we took that very seriously. In fact, we actually started working from home just before that order went into effect. I have a home office because I worked from home for the first, like I said, eighteen years of my business. But my associate lives in a, in a very small home with her mom and her husband and her four-year-old. And so she's had a harder time creating a space to work in. But she ended up taking home a table and her office chair and setting up a desk in her kitchen. So the transition um, was, pretty, was pretty seamless for you, but it was, the, it was a little bit of a struggle for, for your employee. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, when I started, when I first moved my business out of my house and got office space, I actually, I had a lot of computer trouble over the years. So I, what I decided to do was just get another desktop computer that's pretty much identical to the one I have at home. And that way, if I had computer problems, I would have a backup. So, and we use, we use Dropbox for, you know, organizing all of our files. So we were already, we were already kind of in the cloud. And then my associate Dana uses a laptop with a docking station. So she just took the whole thing home. She took her 27 inch monitors from her desk and, and uh, started working from home. And what has your, your workload looked like since things have, have changed? Well, we had, we were already sort of slow and it's been a little slow since last summer, really for us. The workload looked pretty good when we took everything and went home. We had three decent-sized projects that we were working on, and that was enough work that it looked like we'd be busy for six months, given past experience. But since we started working from home, since all this came down, I guess is what I really should say, 
one of the projects, the homeowner backed out and I totally understand. She just, she's a small business owner herself and is very concerned. She just bought a new home and they were planning to remodel it. We were working on a remodeling project for them. And it turns out that the previous owner has nowhere to go. Basically, they couldn't find a house before all this came down and they, they can't move now. So that one project stopped, but the other two are still going, although it, it's harder and harder to work on them from afar without being able to go look at things. Yeah. Were you able to apply to for any of the uh, SBA loan offerings, the PPP or the disaster <clears throat> loans? Yeah, I applied for the PPP. In fact, that that if I look at my time documentation for the past few weeks, it seems like that's all I've been focused on is trying to get that money. We applied. I was on the phone with my bank on Saturday morning, just figuring that the, the Friday that the um, PPP was available, I bet I figured everybody else would be on the phone. And I found out my bank was going to be available all day Saturday and Sunday. So I called them on Saturday uh, a couple of weeks ago to apply. And I still don't have the money, although luckily I have a commitment from the bank. I have my, apparently you get assigned an SBA number. And so I have that and, and we're just waiting to get the, to have the bank reach out to us to get the final documentation and then schedule a closing date. Well, that's great because from, uh, from what we're hearing, uh, many people have yet to see any kind of commitment or, or funding yet. Um, yeah, which is, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. And they've already, you know, the, they've already exhausted the 350 billion. But hopefully, it will be able to provide more money for that program. I hope so. Yeah. So, what are, what is the situation like right now where you are? Is it, um, are, are you in a relatively, relatively unaffected area? No, <laughs> no, we're. Um, uh-huh. the, I live and work in Wayne County, Michigan, which is where Detroit is. And Detroit has been particularly hard hit by the the virus. Now the suburbs are not as badly affected as you know the city is, but we still have had. I think I, you know the the the, the sub the suburb that I live in. I think has actually had several deaths and uh, you know several confirmed many confirmed cases. So so no, we're we're pretty hard hit here. I think Detroit has been one of the worst hit areas in the country. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've been hearing. Have you managed yeah. to stay healthy, you and the people around you? Knock on wood. Yeah, yeah, we we my husband and I have been healthy, and then my associate Dana has has been healthy. Luckily, she she was sick last week, and she yeah. luckily has pulled through just fine. Oh, good. So, what yeah. is what's been occupying your thoughts mostly lately, as as a as a small business owner, as a small firm owner? I know that you've oh, been gosh. through. If, if you've been doing this now for you know eighteen years, years, as you mentioned, yeah. you you this isn't the first time you've seen a, a major dip in the economy. Right. This is the first time I've seen a major dip in the economy when I've had an employee, and uh-huh. and um, so in the past it was just me. I was working from home. I could weather you know a downturn a little bit better. I wasn't the full you know the sole source of income for my family, so it helped a lot. But having an employee who I really, like I said in my email, I really care about personally and as an employee is really, it makes this so stressful. You know, I spent a lot of time thinking about how I move the business forward. How do I keep Dana and how do I keep my employee occupied and and, um, and employed, you know, paid? I don't want to lay her off because I don't want to, I don't want to cause her financial stress. And I also don't want to lose her. I, I, 
you know, I know how hard it is to find good employees who you could trust and um, work with well. And, and so it's really important to me to keep her employed. And uh, this is very stressful. I've lost sleep and, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time reading up on the programs that are available and researching and documenting what we can, what we need to document in order to apply for a loan. So it's been a really scary time. Yeah, I'm I'm hearing that from most of the firm owners I've been talking to. It's uh keeping that payroll going while while seeing revenue drop is 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 a very stressful thing especially when you, you know, when you care so much about the about the well-being of of your staff and and uh really desperately want to keep them. It's, right. it's tough. It's really tough. But I'm glad to hear yeah. that you were able to get a commitment from the PPP yeah. loan. That will definitely help with at least a couple a couple months of, of expenses. Hopefully yeah. the industry won't get hit for you know hard for too long. I but, hope not, but I'm not feeling real optimistic. One of the things that scares me most, Paul actually Paul, is the like what happens after this next three months. You know, we've got enough work to keep us going through this period at least. But we're not, you know, we signed, we actually sent out, I think, a record number of proposals in, in the first two weeks of March. I think we sent out six proposals and none of them went ahead. And, you know, it's hard. You can't really market right now. Our phone is, is ringing, but it's not ringing like it used to. And even when the phone rings, we end up with maybe, you know, if the phone rings 30 times, we might actually sign three proposals out of that. So you got to talk to a lot of people before you get a project, and we're just not getting those people to call right now. Yeah, I suspect. I mean, this this uh, crisis that we're experiencing is affecting everybody in, in different ways, mm-hmm. and I know that uh, everybody's a little, or you know, a little to say the least, uh, nervous about what the next few months or even the next couple of years will will bring. Yeah. Have you thought about ways to kind of use the the time right now to maybe reevaluate some of the ways that you work or to work on on uh, in, uh, other things like website updates or new marketing mm-hmm. strategies for when things come back? Yeah, actually, we've been working on rebuilding our website. We'd started that before the crisis hit, but so we've been working on that for a little while. And we've also, we're trying to put together a, a way to to, I mean, we've got a way, but we, we need to kind of put together all the pieces in order to be able to do virtual consultations and get that information on our website. So that's, that is giving me a little bit of hope. And then we're actually looking at technology that might let us, for example, there's a, a, a low-cost scanner that you can hook up to your iPad that we've been looking at maybe buying that we could, we could actually drop off with a client, let them scan their own home, and then get the material back to us. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're looking at ways to just change the way we do things a little bit because the first thing we have to do when we when we're doing and we, like I said we do mostly remodeling and the very first thing that we have to do when we remodel a home once somebody signs a contract is we need to measure it and photograph it and we can't do that right now and we can't go to somebody's house and even if we could they might not want us to <laughs> so yeah i mean it, it's it it is a great time to look at new technologies out there and and uh to see if they offer ways to um, increase efficiency, you know, to, mm-hmm. to be able to get things done in a leaner way right now. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing your perspective. I really sure. appreciate it. Um, so thank you and uh, best right. of luck. Thanks so much for your interest. Thanks. All right. 
I really felt her, you know, uh, her, yeah. her, <laughs> I really felt that, that stress that she's had in, um, as, as a, as an employer, you know, this is absolutely, it's a, it's a hard time for everyone right now, but employers, you know, that care about their staff, it's, it's a whole additional layer of concern that you have because when you're an employer, you take on, you take on the, you know, the, the wellness and the, and the, uh, of, of the people that, that, that you bring on that, that you make part of your team. So it's interesting, you know, that she has, has actually very little stress about her own work and herself, but, you know, she's, she's very concerned about, about, uh, making sure that she, that she's able to, to continue taking care of her, her, of her one single employee. Yeah, I could, I could hear it in your voice of both of you guys talking that you were talking <laughs> on the same level about being in a mirror. And, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, when I was self-employed with a partner, we never did take on an employee. And a large part of that was that it's a, it's a huge commitment to another person's well-being and, uh, ability to, to survive. And I, I was terrified to take that on. Not that I didn't want to have people to work with. And as Dawn said, she really values her employee, employee. And so she really doesn't want to have to lose her and have to maybe replace her with someone that might not be as good a fit. So, um, yeah, it was really great. I also love that she, uh, that the employee took her office chair home to set up her home office because <laughs> that's something that, uh, I have been back in my office a couple days this week and my office chair at the office is so much more comfortable than my one at home. So I just thought it was that little detail was very funny to me. Yeah. Isn't it, isn't it amazing how, how much we appreciate things like chairs, work chairs at a time like this, because I, I have exactly, I mean, when, you know, when we furnished our, our house, we did not take into consideration, you know, any type of seating or work situation that, yeah. that would be accommodating us for, you know, like 40 hours a week of, of, uh, so yeah, I, I've been coming back to the office as much as possible because I'm the only one here right now <laughs> while everyone else continues to work, but just having a nice chair can make work so much, so much better. It makes a huge difference. <laughs> Ken, now that you work at home full time, have you invested in a good chair for yourself? I've had this Aeron chair for almost oh, nice. twenty years now. Nice. Uh-huh. The Aeron chair. I mean, the, I've got an Aeron chair too. It's just, it's just amazing. I, 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 I never. I, it's the think, best investment. Yeah, it is. It's a it nice is, investment, investment, and, and honestly, yeah. it never, it never really, it doesn't fail. I mean, you know, foam chairs always get fucked up after so, so long. Mine's failed a few times, but but it, but it's yeah. fixable. You yeah, know, it's oh, like yeah. A, it's fixable. Yeah, the inserts are you just it's like pop an them old out. fashioned stove. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. you don't have to throw it away when something right. breaks. You just right. fix it. Oh, worth and there's the enough of them out there. <laughs> okay, so you guys ready for our last conversation of the series? Yep. So this last conversation is with uh, an architect, another architect out of Philly, Carl Emberger, works for a midsize office, and let's uh, listen to his conversation. My name is Carl Emberger. I'm an architect. I'm a registered architect in the state of Pennsylvania. I've been in the profession for about 20 years. I work currently for Kosha Moose Architecture in Philadelphia. I'm the technical director for the firm. That role is the technical side is um, covers a lot of different areas. It's technical as in drawing details. Um, it's technical as in quality control. It's technical as in software implementation. And um, it's also technical 
even more so today in terms of like just IT, IT stuff um, in the firm. So um, my my role has kind of been unchanged since since the uh, COVID nineteen um, pandemic struck us. Um, it has a little bit um, evolved into more IT stuff as we uh, get people connected and um, make sure they stay connected and able to produce things. Our firm is fortunate in that we've um, we have we have seen some stoppage of work, um, but most of our projects have uh, continued on. We have two primary sectors, one being the um, multifamily residential world, um, and the other one is, uh, we call it healthcare, um, but it's not healthcare and hospitals. It's more like small clinics and um, medical office buildings, things of that nature. Luckily, one one of those sectors is considered an essential um, an essential business in today's age. So all of that work is um, still moving forward. And then in the Philadelphia market, there's a little bit of an odd back pressure in that there's a uh, real estate tax abatement that's going away in Philadelphia in 2020, at least as of this date where it is going away. Um, so there's this back pressure in the multifamily world where um, developers are still moving quickly to get projects um, permitted before the end of 2020. So we've been fortunate that these two you know, um, project types are moving forward still today. So, you know, it, I'm happy to say that we, we haven't had to lay anybody off yet. Um, we have had to uh, let two student interns go only because their roles became really difficult to manage um, in a remote situation. That, that's kind of, we at the moment have um, a pretty pretty good projections. Of course, all of that could change in an instant. Um, but again, we've We've been fortunate. We're all working. Um, there's a little bit of reduction in productivity, but uh, we're, we're we we are um, finding new ways to produce. So that's that's kind of where we are right right now. So the reduction in productivity is that because everybody's working remotely, and and uh, and what are you using for remote working? Yeah. So we um so we're primarily it's kind of a mishmash of uh different techniques right now, depending on who you are and what your role is in the firm. But um, the primary way that um, I think a lot of people have been working is that we have, um, we can VPN into our, our workstations in the office. So in the, in the first week, first couple of weeks, we, we had to make, there were people who periodically went into the office um, because we had to make sure the workstation stayed on. They were set up to stay on so that we could access them remotely. So in that way, we were kind of working almost the same as we were before this all happened. You know, when, when we VPN in and use remote desktop, you're basically using your workstation and the computer in the office. Right. I have a little bit of a different setup because of what I do. I have a pretty robust uh, workstation at my house. So I actually, I use the VPN, but I don't remote desktop at all. And um, we our primary software is um, the auto, you know, the Autodesk we were using Revit. We've started to take advantage of um, Autodesk offering BIM 360 for free. So we're all, um, well, I, I shouldn't say we're not all using that right now, but there's a group of us now that have um, pushed a couple of projects, three or four projects into the cloud um, because they were 
they were kind of in their earlier stages. So it was easy for us to just make the transition to the cloud. And that, that has really, you know, for those of us who can work on our home computers and just use the cloud solution, it's, it's you know, the, depending on your home situation, you know, the, the productivity is like, you know, we'll say 90%. You know, we, could, we can work much more efficiently than having to rely on a remote desktop connection. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a practitioner here in the Twin Cities. I work for a firm and we're doing the VPN and I've been trying to get, I have a similar setup, I think, as you possibly. I mean, I'm using, um, I, I bought a box laptop. I'm not familiar mm-hmm. with that. Yeah, yeah. And so it's a, basically a desktop machine and a, and a laptop, which I really, really enjoy. So do you foresee, what, what's the kind of the, have you, had the discussions in your office about six months, year down the road. What I mean, it sounds like everybody, you're doing pretty well out there. Um, with yeah, the I mean, load and yeah. What uh, we haven't. So we had our first. Um, we're kind of keeping in touch with each other in small teams based on you know whatever our projects are. But um, we've only had one all office meeting. There's about I don't know if I said the number, but we're in the twenties. Okay. So there's um, 20 of us, and we had one all-office staff meeting. We we did apply for the um, the PPP, the the um, Paytech Pro- Protection Program, just because it's out there and just in case. So basically, you know, our principals shared with us that we're we're healthy right now. You know, we have we have income, we have projects. Um, so we but we're not. You know, we're not sure how any how long any of this is going to last. I mean, there's, right. you know, I I've had, I mean, there is one of the client, one of our clients who, where a, we get a lot of our projects from is, you know, they're they're full speed ahead. They were kind of ramping up before all this happened. You know, they had intentions for realizing, you know, a significant number of projects this year. They're small, ten thousand square foot projects, that, and they're in various cities across the United States, but. The thing that's going to slow that that world down is um, we have to do site assessments before we do the projects, and if we cannot travel in the near future, then then that might you know significantly hamper what we're able to do since the projects are around the nation. And you know the other thing I've been we don't know what's going to happen, but uh, the other thing that I've been wondering about is whether or not the city of Philadelphia is going to extend their tax abatement into 2021 because. You know, the developers, the construction companies, you know, the design profession, I'm sure, are going to, you know, start knocking on the doors of the council, men and women, requesting the extension because, you know, we haven't had the time, as much time as we thought we would this week, this year, because of the, uh, you know, because of all that's going on. So, and that makes me a little bit concerned that projects could go on hold. Right. So if if we know we have another year for the tax abatement, maybe they're not so quick to get to get permitted projects permitted this year. So we don't at the moment we're healthy, but, you know, that's probably a one to two month look ahead. Now, if it continues on, then I think that, you know, the story changes. Right. It goes beyond that. And I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, I'm the, the more that I read about this, and try to keep up to date with this. I, I, I do think that it's, you know, there's going to be a prolonged, you know, it's, it's we're not just going to flick a switch and go back to work one day. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a long process of uh, digging ourselves out of this hole. 
How, how long has your firm been working remotely now? Since March 16th. Okay. It was actually ra- rather sudden. Yeah. So we're, we've just passed the one month mark. I mean, basically, okay. basically um, uh, me for personal reasons, I had already started to have the discussion um, with my two fearless leaders. Um, I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I just said, like, I, I'm in a situation where I, I can't, I didn't feel comfortable putting my family at risk and, yeah. you know, commuting into the city and being in, you know, very populated areas. So I had already started to have a cons- the discussion, but then suddenly, you know, the, the governor of Pennsylvania and the mayor of Philadelphia said, you know what, everything's, you know, in certain populous counties, everything's shut down, every non-essential thing. Um, so we had to just quickly figure out I mean, some of us had already had remote setups, like I already had a remote setup. So in the first week, week and a you know, week and a half, two weeks, I spent a lot of time just making sure people were getting connected and could do what they needed to do. But um yeah, we just passed the one month mark um for being out of the office. I, I get bothered a lot less about little IT issues. So I think yeah. everyone's uh and, and we've been, I, I do all the check sets in the office before stuff goes out the door. So I'm getting check sets. So I know people are getting work done. So that's, that's a positive note. I, I can tell though that there's a general wear on people's, uh, emotion, yeah, so that, their, their emotional oh, yeah. mind state. Well, it brings me to two questions. I mean, what, you know, so you, you, you've been in this a little bit longer than I have. I think we, my office just went remote like three weeks. No, we're in our we're finishing up our second or second or third week. I forget. It's been it feels like it's been it's which is weird. The weeks fly the the weeks fly by, the days fly by, but it feels yeah. like it was like a month ago and it hasn't been that long. Um right, right. what's what's like one pe- what's one takeaway that you've had from the experience that you could share um with everyone that has helped you through and helped your team through this uh this period of uncertainty? Gosh, that's a good question. I mean, I guess the, uh, I guess it's the, the way that we're kind of uh, coaching each other. Is, you know, n- none of us really know what's going to be, you know, tomorrow, right? You know, next week, a month from now, and um, the best we can do is be supportive of each other and try to stay focused on what we have in front of us, you know, rather than constantly worrying about what's going to happen. You know, we're, we're we're on Slack. We're keeping in touch on a regular basis. And, you know, there's these moments where you kind of go down a deep, dark hole, like, oh, my gosh, what does this mean? What's going to happen? You know, and we're, we kind of coach each other out of it, you know, try to put, bring some levity to it, you know, kind of try to refocus on our work. That's probably, you know, the best we can do right now. That, and it's interesting, because again, because I think I'm, what I've, I've done, this is, the third, this is the third practitioner I've talked to. and the one thing that I've I've gathered so far from everybody is that our emotional state is not unique. And I, you know, I think when it first started to happen, I started to realize what was going on. The panic set in and I was like panicked for like 10 days. Yeah. Yeah. And I couldn't feel like I, I share it with people. I go, it's like that, that nightmare you're having that you fall, you're falling and you, there's a ladder right there, but your fingers just can't grab it. And now I yeah. think I finally got it wrong. I, I like I finally grabbed onto something that's stable and there's now there's, some structure of it's not normal in the sense of like normal what normal was six months ago it's a normal that is right in this moment so how, yeah, how are you yeah. kind of managing that is that 
something you think about? Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, I've. Um, it, it's funny actually. I had uh, gone through this period before this happened, like right before this happened, where I was trying to coach myself out of like, you know, don't spend all your time reading the news. You know? Yeah, I did. <laughs> You know, it's funny. It's and so this all started, and I'm like fighting this urge. You know, like don't don't read the news. And my wife is saying to me, you know, I I think it's okay if you spend time reading the news. You know, like it's you know, we're kind of in a unique moment, and and I kind of let go, and I said okay, you know, and you know I'm I kind of I like you know, my, my role as technical director. I like technical things. I try to get in, into the data and all that, and. You know, so I I go back in, and then I'm I'm sure you're aware of the John Hopkins website that has like yeah. the, the global tally and all that. Yes. So there's some counties in our in our area that have the same thing, but it's just county specific, and it's by township. And you know, every day this week, I finally coach myself back to the beginning. You know, the last week it was like maybe the last two weeks. It was every day at twelve. I was you know at noon. I'm I'm on all the websites looking at the updates because I knew they were updating at that time. The Pennsylvania yeah. Department of Health is updating at that time. And it's just this like terror. You know, it's like the numbers keep going up. The numbers keep going up. The number, yeah. I mean, the numbers are, you know, we're not as bad as New York City, but, you know, I, I, I can imagine that I'm concerned that Philadelphia could be there, you know, in the future. Yeah. And so like, I, you know, looking at it, looking at it, looking at it, and, you know, I had to kind of, talk myself back out of it again. Okay. Like don't, don't read the news constantly. You know, don't pay attention to the stock market constantly. Although the stock market seems to be doing weird things. um, Totally counter to what it was. Yeah. Totally counter to what it was in 2008 when I was like, that's all you could watch. Yeah. I, you know what I do now, what I finally, cause I, I'm in, I was in that place that you're, that you're talking about. And the thing I finally had to do was to say, okay, fine. Here's what I do in the morning. I wake up really early. I go to the New York Times or the Washington Post, see what the news is, read it real quick, kind of get a scan of like where we are in the today. Mm-hmm. And then I stop looking at it. And then at the end yeah. of the day, okay, what is my governor in Minnesota doing? What's his plan? And then that's, that's the two things I kind of, I kind of give, my, give myself over to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I mean, I do. I listen to, uh, I, I take like, a 30 minute walk every morning at like five, five, seven, six in the morning before the sun rises. Just, I know no one's going to be out. I just wander and I listen to Bloomberg radio for a little bit and I listen to NPR for a little bit. And then that's like, my, that's my fix. You know? <laughs> but if there's anything major that happened in the last day, in the last 24 hours, like I know I'll catch it. And it's like 30 minutes of time. Yeah. Um, and then I just, try to stay and, and i have to say that like this week in particular it's really like changed my mood throughout the day you know like yeah. I, I can stay more focused on what i'm doing um, um i i also have uh two i have two young kids which has made this both challenging and rewarding in that i get to spend more time with them because i'm home but i also need to kind of remember we still have a normal work day that i need to focus on and not try to be constantly managing that situation, um, you know, like step back out of it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, I've, I've learned over the last, you know, couple of weeks, like you, you can't focus on the like 
the, the, the depressing chaos that is in front of us, you know, that we're living. You kind of got to grasp onto a few things that we had, you know, a month ago and help that keep you moving forward. The other thing that I'm finding is that, you know, I'm commuting, we're commuting less, you know, we're, we're shopping less, we're all that other stuff. And I'm, I'm finding time to like learn things that I wanted to learn, you know, so I've always wanted to learn Dynamo and I'm like trying to, now I can actually carve out time to like figure that out so we can try to implement it in the firm. So like little things like that, that, you know, that I'm trying to like find and latch on to to just propel me through this and keep me moving forward. You know, it's good to, good to talk to you. Good for me to hear your perspective as well, because like I said, it, it, when you're kind of isolated by yourself, you think you're the only one. And it's irrational. It's, believe me, I understand. It's way. It's completely yeah. irrational. I had this thought that you kind of feel like this is happening to you. And I think, at least in some regard, hearing everybody's story, it's like, okay, this is. We're all kind of going. We're all feeling the same thing. And I'm starting to kind of like knuckle grab every kind of moment as, as though it's like happening only to me. And so, Great. Carl, thank you again. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Stay safe. You too. You know, I think again, it it's it, it was striking for me to talk to um, all these um, professionals. It was um, I didn't recognize my reflection in the mirror. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, they're yeah. so much more professional than I am, um, which is <laughs> which is great. I mean, um, fun, you know, I mean, I don't know. I I used to I used to think it was a big problem for me to you know i i I say this all the time um when i get angry i I get i start crying because that's what my mother that's that's i'm my mother's son like the biggest mama's boy you could possibly imagine (laughs) so when i get really angry i get really like you know emotional so so but i'm just uh, you know um i've just decided you know what i i i had to you know i couldn't be you know i couldn't be a loudmouth for the longest time so i now kind of uh enjoy that on um especially in architecture <laughs> and part of it is is that you know and part of it is is that um this profession you know it's so it's it is very professional it, i mean again i think you know you people are putting a lot of money in your hands and they're trusting that uh you know but i also i'm probably i'm probably the one person who who uh does more to make sure that the client's money is well spent Especially when mm-hmm. during construction, just mm-hmm. about anybody. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a dogged advocate for making sure that, uh, you know, that change order better be, better be, you know, because there is something that you can, there's no arguing about, because <laughs> I, I don't really have a lot of room for uh, shenanigans around that kind of stuff. But so it's interesting to talk to somebody um, who, who, who I think is uh, probably uh, we're pro- maybe the same age, maybe he's a little younger. But um, does great work, um, and to get to hear his um, what he's tackling in um, you know with juggling with interns and uh, young staff and um, technology and, and self improvement, and uh, that was a it was a great conversation around that. I really loved that you both talked about this need to to the excessive need to listen to the news and how you both had to sort of wean yourself off of that. Yeah, um, yeah. I really loved Ken <laughs> that throughout this series you have asked people, you know, so mentally, emotionally, how are you doing? How are you, you know, because 
that sometimes just you just need to hear that question. You just want someone to ask how are how are you doing? Right. Like and, and I, you know what I was I was I've been wondering, you know, um is that kind of a, you know, I, because it's the one it's like kind of like my, you know, what are you reading and what are you listening to question. Right. Exactly. It kind of gets, you know, it's but it, what I wanted to keep asking it because I wanted to give people the space to articulate something that maybe, you know, they can't really um maybe they can't say to their partner Maybe they can't say yeah. to uh, somebody close to them. Maybe they just can't. But they feel easy. It's easy to articulate that feeling to a stranger because it's you have nothing invested in me by saying what you how you're feeling. Because I, I don't have to, you know, I don't have to walk away. I don't have to carry that with me and wondering how you're feeling day to day. I just had a conversation with you for 15 minutes. You could tell me how you're feeling, and then I mean, I, I care about what that because i and then that's how i present it i'm like well because this is kind of what I'm, we're all going through the same thing i'm an architect you're an architect i'm processing this has been difficult how are you processing it because i want to know because i want to know how to cope <laughs> i mean i think i kind of think and it's funny you started this out by saying talking about professionalism because i think that the studio environment and the you know the 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 difficult emotional process we all go through in architecture school I feel like it brings us to an understanding of one another's emotional ability to handle challenges, you know, and and to work through really hard times and to do a lot of work in a group setting. But then you get out into the professional world and suddenly you're expected to be very professional about yes. everything, except unless yeah. an architect who like Liz Diller can throw a stapler across the room or whatever. <laughs> and I'm picking on Liz <laughs> because of that profile that was in the Times last week. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I think that when you get to, and again, this Paul has been, I think, really the great, one of the great benefits of this series of conversations is when you get to talking to other architects, we really, so many of us share so much common understanding of one another. We may have different paths, different beliefs, whatever, but we do have a shared knowledge of the work it takes to be someone in this profession. And um, yeah, I feel like that's, we're allowed to be emotional with each other in that way. We're allowed to, you know, bitch about our clients to each other in that way (laughs) or bitch about contractors trying to trying to sneak through change orders in that, you know, in that way that we all understand that. Yeah. My, my favorite thing about Carl's interview was, was that he said he's getting up and walking in the morning. And I just think that a lot of us during this have sort of found again, these like small pleasures of, taking a walk with your kids, you know, hanging out in the in the house with your family, like those little things that are really valuable. I just, I do hope that we can retain that as we, uh, as we move out of this. The other thing I was going to say was uh, <laughs> they, and their firm does great work. I mean, yeah. really lovely yeah. work. Yeah. You know? And Beautiful. that's the nice thing that, uh, that Philadelphia has got some good architects there. Which sure really does. <laughs> it's a great city. <laughs> Go Philly. Yeah, and if the AIA is still around, this where it's going to the national conference is going to be next year. It is twenty twenty one back back <laughs> yeah, to Philly yeah, yeah, again. If they're still around, yeah. <laughs> if the world is still around, if people are still around. Oh. Well, I'm really glad that we had these conversations. We were able to share them with everybody. I want to really uh, express my thanks to everyone that was involved in these conversations, and you know these. These people offered their time from the thousands of people that filled out a survey back in in late March that we put on Arconnect, just asking about how everybody's doing. And, you know, it's a it's a tough time. And uh, for those who are willing to talk about it, you know, know that that those that your words are comforting and, and really appreciated by 
by the people that are by by our audience who's listening to this. So thank you to everyone that that participated in this. We hope to do something like this again and ongoing. Hopefully it's not going to be in response to world crises, but <laughs> it'd be good to maybe uh maybe hear about how how you know the positive changes that people uh are making, you know, once we once we get back to a uh hopefully better normal after things start uh, turning right. around. A new normal, not the old normal, a new normal. Yes, I think that's the uh, consensus. We want to we want to come back to a better Definitely. A better place. All right. Well, um thanks for uh participating and joining with us uh on this uh Ken and Donna and um and uh, to all those out there in the audience, stay tuned for our regular programming uh, coming in the next few weeks. If you have anybody that that you would like us to talk to, let us know. Um, we there are there's a long list of people that we want to talk to, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that we haven't even considered that we would love to talk to. So uh, keep us updated. All right, you guys have a good week. You too. Hang in there. <laughs> you too. Talk to you all soon. Right. Bye. See you guys. All right. Take care.